Hello, future fans. This week we have Dancing Aussies, A Boring Spy, and Someone Disappears. Couple that with the news and the trailers and we have a show for you. This is the week of March 2nd, 2018, and this is episode 81 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. I thought I'd try to go back to the way the old openings for the show were. I I know I went through a lot of stages on how I open the show. I used to talk during the intro music, and then I stopped doing that, and then I did it just like I did now, and then I kind of fell out of that, but I thought I'd go back to it. Let's see how that works, huh? Let's see what the final product sounds like. Well, you're already listening to the final product, actually. And some of you, if you're new, may be wondering what exactly are you listening to? Well, you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. And on this show, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week. I tell you what it's about. I tell you who's in it. And I give my thoughts on it. I also give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score. And at the end of all... All of it, I have a pick of the week, which I suggest is the movie you should watch. First half of the show is always news and trailers, anything that I noticed. And we wrap that all up with the question of the week. Well, let's say you want to get in contact with me. How would you do that? That is a great question. And by the way, if if I sound a little weird, it's my voice. I'm not sick again, but I it's going. My voice is going and I don't know what the is going on and I'm really tired of it. But the show must go on. I have some throat soothing tea. I have some Singer's Soothing Throat Spray, all of which is a herbalistic BS that I bought from work that most of the time works. So I guess it's not BS, but um, today's just not doing the job. Well, let's get on with what I was saying. Let's say you want to get in contact with me. How do you do it? Well, you can contact me through Twitter and Instagram. You can reach me there at SWN. You can email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page or the website or leave a comment on SoundCloud. And how do you listen to this show? Well, you're already doing a good job. You found me one way or the other, but let's talk about the other ways. You can listen to me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app. Well, that is it for the introduction. Let's jump into the first segment, which as always is the news. According to Collider, Joss Whedon has stepped away from Batgirl. He was set to be the writer and director, but after about a year, he's walked away after being unable to come up with a good story. While I am sad to see him go, this is much better than him forcing a shitty story. If only other people and companies had that same work ethic that Joss Whedon does, we would see an increase in better films. I truly believe that. And we'd see increase in better TV shows and fewer procedural crime dramas and medical bullshit shows. I really think we would. It'd be better for media in general. In sad news brought to us by The Rap, 
Ensa Cosby, the 44-year-old daughter of Bill Cosby, died after a battle with renal disease. No matter what you think of Bill Cosby, th this is a tragedy. No one should have to outlive their kids, and she was way too young to go. But let's lighten things up before we step into the trailer trope. So the final bit of news ends on a high note. Mark Hamill and James Gunn were talking on Twitter. What were they talking about? Well, they were talking about a role in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Both parties are very interested and will begin talks shortly as they are neighbors in Malibu. Well, that's it for the news. Only three stories caught my eye this week. And as always, if I missed anything, let me know. You know how to get in contact with me. And if for some reason you fast forward the intro, you can always find my contact information in the show notes or, you know, rewind. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, it is time to step in to the trailer trove. Avast and welcome to the trailer trove. We have it. It's here. It has arrived. We have a trailer for, or a new trailer for Best Friends. And for some reason, the R in Friends is in parentheses. I've, I have no idea why. This is Greg Sestero's new movie starring him and Tommy Wiseau. This film is about a drifter who's taken in by a mortician and the two hatch an underground enterprise off the mortician's old habits. You know what? As long as it's not sex with corpses, I think I would be down with watching this movie. It's probably either selling the bodies for, you know, sciency reasons, or just stealing from the dead. That's probably what it is. I mean, all shitty things, but a little more palatable than the uh, the other option. This is going to be a two-part film. Volume 1 will hit theaters on March 30th and April 2nd, and Volume 2 will hit select theaters in June 1st and 4th. So if this is the kind of movie you want to see, mark your calendars, because this is probably going to sell out in a lot of areas just because it's the same people from The Room, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we all know how quickly showings of The Room sell out. We all know that The Room is the new Rocky Horror Picture Show. Next up, folks, we're getting a first look at a Netflix original documentary series called Flint Town, a violent town that has over 100,000 people, but only 98 cops to patrol it all. And if you're wondering, yes, this is about Flint, Michigan, the city that still doesn't have clean water. This documentary focuses on the police in the area and the city's reaction to them, the violence, and how the people in the city feel about not only the water or the police, but living in the city they do. This show premieres on March 2nd, and I don't think I want to watch it. I really don't, because it'll just make me angry. Like, talking about this right now makes me angry. Like, why the f***? Are these people still in a terrible situation like that? All right, all right, I get it that if a company or it, not even talking about the blame, if a source of water is f***ed up too bad, then it's not that easy to fix. But why is still so bad there? As a country, we shouldn't be letting this happen, but yet here it is. And sane people like you and me, we may be outraged about this, but besides spreading the word, there's nothing that you and I can do. And that's what's so frustrating about it. All right, let's get off of that topic and get into one that's a little nicer. We have a documentary about bourbon. Yay. It's called Neat, the story of bourbon. I wasn't going to mention this at all, except that when I was done with the trailer, I went right into my kitchen to see if I had any bourbon left. 
This is quite literally just a documentary about bourbon, and it really makes you want some bourbon. Sadly, my friends, I was out. I, I have no bourbon left. It is a sad day, but I will rectify this as soon as I can. If you're a 90s nerd, then you'll remember the cartoon Reboot. It was a f***ing great cartoon, and if you hated it, uh, you're just wrong. That is one of those things, you're just wrong. It's... It was a first of its kind, a fully CG cartoon. Well, guess what? Netflix thought they'd make a show about it. And there's no need to get out your boner pants yet, ladies and gentlemen. Not yet. Just because instead of bringing back Bob, Dot Matrix, Enzo Matrix, Megabyte, and Hesadecimal, they decided to make their own story. This piss-poor show will feature four humans who are chosen as guardians of the mainframe and must stop an evil hacker from starting the next world war. I will be right back. It's time for me to get chemo because this trailer gave me cancer. Tony Collette and Matthew Good have a new movie coming out called The Birthmarked, or actually just Birthmarked. This is about two scientists who want to study three babies, one their own and two adopted. Years later, the kids are older and the study isn't impressing the doctor who's in charge, the doctor who funded the study. He wants to take the kids back, but the two parents fight for their family and also realize that they're just more than an experiment. This comes out on March 30th. And finally, the final trailer of the week is for a film called The Outsider. This is a Netflix original movie starring Jared Leto, Emile Hirsch, and honest-to-God Japanese people. This is a film about a former GI who joins the Yakuza. And it looks badass. I cannot wait. Well, with that, we are stepping out of the trailer trove, and it is time for our first break. For a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back to the show. Wasn't that another great teaser they had? Fun fact, I got off my dead ass and I finished my my new promo. So if you listen, well, of course you listen. Of course you listen to all the other sh shows on the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Network. Oh, sorry, Podcast Network. And of course you listen to Watch Your Mouth, so you'll be hearing my promo on those shows. And I want to come up with another one, too, so they can switch between it, just like Somewhat Nerdy did for me. Because uh, it's a good idea, and also I'm unoriginal, have no good ideas of my own and steal everything I own. No, that's not true. This this show was my idea. It was my brainchild. And my hobby is self-deprecating. That's what it is, folks. Well, let's jump into the first movie of the week. Woo! We have the first movie. It's called Dance Academy. The movie. After graduating from the Dance Academy, Tara breaks her back during an audition. Years later, she's recovered, but doesn't think she could dance again. When the head of the National Ballet Company confronts her and asks her to try out again, she decides to take the shot. But physical wounds aren't the only that need healing. This stars, well, the cast of the TV show, and it's an Australian TV show, and uh, guess what? They really haven't done much, so if you're a fan of the series, you know who they are already, and if you've never heard of it before, then it won't matter to you. So I'll just move on to what the movie look or how the movie looks. I actually think it looks okay. I think it looks good. But this gives me the same feeling that the Veronica Mars movie did, where I... 
I had watched Veronica Mars never all the way through. I've seen a couple episodes. I liked it. But when I saw the film, I enjoyed it. Then I noticed that my friends who had watched the series all the way through had enjoyed it a lot more than I did. And I think that that's the case with this. I think we have a a basic movie on our hands, a basic dance movie, one that's not going to be terrible, but it's not going to be on anyone's top list, but also one that only fans of the series will really get enjoyment out of. So if you are a fan of the show, go see this. Go see this movie because guess what? Not everyone's TV show, not everyone's favorite show or even a show they're familiar with gets a movie. The best I had for like Psych was that made for TV movie that basically, which was a long episode, which was still great. Stargate SG-1 had a couple straight to DVD movies, which were still great, but nothing on the big screen. So you're getting some on the big screen. So go see it. So if you are a fan of the series, this should be your pick. This should be an 11 out of 11 for you. But for the rest of us, we have to be honest with ourselves. Are we going to care enough to try and remember this movie? Even though I think it looks good, even though I think it could be fun, how much effort are you willing to put into it? Do you even like dance movies? Or is Drumline more your jam? Either way, unless you're a fan of the series, I can't really recommend this. Just because I don't think it's going to be good enough to warrant the effort. It's... Going to be a fine movie, but not great. Dance Academy, the movie, gets a 5 out of 11. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, we take a trip to France and a movie called Souvenir. This is a film about a European song contestant who is now forgotten and works at a pâté factory. She falls in love with a young man who has dreams of revitalizing her career. But with the revitalization of her career comes the waking of old ghosts. This stars French superstar Isabelle Huppert from The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is an example of one of the French movies that looks really good. Or at least good. You know, I hate to say this each and every time, but who knows? Maybe I have new listeners who have never listened to the show before and don't know my stance. But France has two types of movies that make it over the, over the pond, across the pond. They have the really good looking movies and they have the batch crazy ones. The ones that are just insane and terrible this looks like it falls closer to the good side this is a story that i really like i like the idea of someone it's not like she was a really famous singer she was like on some sort of american idol type show and then falls into obscurity just like a lot of them do Uh, even some of the winners of american idol who are they where are they now the voice who are they where are they now all of these shows that try and promote you being a star Only a couple people from each show really have staying power. So this is a very believable plot. The fact that Isabel Huppert can play this woman who is now an unknown, but it was talented. All the people who lost the show, who actually made it past the the tryouts on American Idol and these other shows, who made it past the tryouts, all these people were good. Not great, but they were good. And they could have a career in music. And this shows us that Isabel Huppert's character could too. But first, she has to get around her past, and hopefully her relationship with this young man can survive. If you want to be fancy, if you want to impress people and go, oh, yeah, I've watched a new French film, this is the one I think you should watch. Because a lot of the recent French films we've had that's come to America have been really douchey or really crazy, and I don't think they should be seen. This one, though, looks good, and it has a really good actress in it. Souvenir gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up on the list for this week is a movie that I'm going to talk very quickly about. It's a movie 
called Pickings. When a short-tempered mobster and his gang of thugs try to shake down a neighborhood bar, they are soon confronted with the wrath of its owner, a mysterious southern mother with a dangerous past. Uh, based only on the premise, this had promise it could have been good depending on who was in it not just who's in it but a lot of things but all of the wrong things came together to make this shitty looking straight to dvd worthy movie that i can't believe is getting theater time anywhere this doesn't star anyone and remember big names don't make a movie not really you can have a good movie without famous people in it but this one isn't one of those this looks it looks terrible it looks like some really hack job movie looks like it's trying to be way more than it is and it looks like if film school dropouts wanted to make a movie that's what this looks like it's terrible and shouldn't be watched by anyone pickings gets a zero out of 11 all right everyone let's get the bad taste of that movie out of our mouth with a movie that's slightly better looking the next movie on the list is called foxtrot a troubled family face the facts when something goes terribly wrong at their son's desolate military post. This is an Israeli movie that's apparently supposed to be a funny look at loss and grief. Because uh, the trailer confused me. It started out funny with this scene of these people sitting near a military outpost, which is basically just a couple chairs and a table, and then a very simple arm blockade like you would see at a parking garage. And then a camel walks in front of them, and then the thing goes down, and oh, this is... It's funny because it's, I don't know why. Uh, but then you have this military person that was talking to these older people going, I'm sorry, but your son has been killed in duty. And then they're obviously grief stricken. Then straight back into the awkward comedy. So what I get the feeling from this movie is that some hipster indie director went to Israel to try and make a movie. That's what it feels like to me because I get this sense that's trying way too hard to be witty and outlandish. It's like they're trying to take grief and make it blasé. I mean, we've had death in comedies before. It happens. And the way that this movie deals with death is a lot different because we have this person who dies in a war. The parents are very saddened by it. They're, they're distraught. And then you go and turn the rest of the movie into this really weird comedy that's supposed to be like looking at life through a different lens. And, oh, we're being so progressive with this. And I, I, I'm not interested. From the looks of the trailer, the movie takes it just a little too far, and I would be willing to watch a movie that deals with death and grief in a different light. I would be willing to see that movie, but it looks like this one tries just a little too hard, and it leaves me cold and uninterested. Foxtrot gets a 2 out of 11. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have one movie left before the break, and that movie is called Midnighters. Lindsay and Jeff have a strained marriage, and it all gets worse after they cover up a murder. And that murder leads to worse. This stars no one. No one of note is in this. Not a single person. We have a lot of that this week, though in two of the cases, um, or three of the cases, there are foreign movies. One, of course, the Australian movie based on a TV show. One, a French film. One, an Israeli movie. But still, a lot of movies, no one in it. And... I would rather have these be good movies. Of course, I'd rather all movies be good movies. But how cool would it be to be there to watch that movie when this the next big actor or actress is found? I think that'd be really cool. This movie is not it. No, no, no. Not at all. This movie, uh, I think Anne summed it up better after we watched the trailer. She said, 
weird. And I agree. She then brought up the fact that Rotten Tomatoes apparently is gushing over it. So Rotten Tomatoes loves it. We know it's going to be good now. Now, f*** that. It's going to be terrible. Okay, that's a lie. Uh, there are times where people agree where there is a good movie out there. And the people at Rotten Tomatoes actually acknowledge it going, yes, we do, in fact, like a movie or two each year. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is a terrible trailer and I was just left cold. Maybe it's a good movie that's going to be a sleeper hit. Who knows? Yeah, probably not. P probably not. I doubt it's going to be a sleeper hit. But I have to go only on the trailer. I can't use what other people may have thought about it. And not just because I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes, but because I have to base this off the trailer and what the studio has presented to us. And based on that, I cannot recommend this movie. It looks better than some of the previous movies we've talked about, but that's not hard to do. Midnighters gets a four out of 11. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, that is it for the first half of the show. Let's dive into the final commercial break and we'll be back with the last movies and the question of the week stay tuned nerds in a squared circle on someone nerdy.com nerds in a squared circle on someone nerdy.com nerds of the squared circle on someone nerdy.com hi i'm sam jericho of somewhat nerdy.com's nerds in the squared circle join me snarf chris and the dude with the headband we talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah, yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, the fuck did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up! How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And welcome back. Let's start off the second half with a movie called Gnome Alone. Chloe discovers that her new home's garden gnomes are not what they seem. She must decide between having a normal high school life and taking up a fight against the gnome's enemy, the Trogs. This features the voices of Becky G, Olivia Holt, Jeff Dunham, George Lopez, and Tara Strong. And no, 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 don't watch this, no. No, this looks terrible. This looks like a dollar store ripoff of Gnomeo and Juliet or Sherlock Gnome. This looks like sh the animation looks terrible. I mean, if this movie was released in the 90s, early 2000s, it would be fantastic. It would be amazing. And we'd be talking about how amazing this movie looks and how it's going to pave the way for future animated films. But no, this is being released in 2018 and it looks like sh You know me and how I feel about animated movies and sometimes I'll give them a pass if I think that it would be a movie that a family could watch. But unfortunately, this is not one of those movies. If you have a family and you want to go see a film, don't go see this. 
like stay the hell away from this. Go watch anything else. Find anything even remotely family friendly. Watch that instead. Last week was it or two weeks ago had early man. Watch that instead. That looks a lot better than this. This looks like shit. And I am done talking about it. No Malone gets a one out of 11. Next up is a movie that we've all seen plastered all over the TV, all over the internet, all over the f***ing place. That movie is called Red Sparrow. Dominica is recruited to be a sparrow, where she becomes a trained spy and assassin. Her first mission after training is targeting a CIA agent, but she may just fall for him instead. This stars Jennifer Lawrence from the TV movie Company Town, Joel Edgerton from Bright and the Great Gatsby, Matthias Schoenarts from The Danish Girl, Charlotte Rampling from Broadchurch, Mary Louise Parker from Red, and Jeremy Irons from Batman v Superman. And um, a lot of you know what I'm going to say. A lot of you know my feelings on Jennifer Lawrence. She is highly highly overrated she has little to no emotion and it's lucky that she picks roles that that works for her in but the problem is i am tired of it she is a bad actress and i think she gets so much love based on her off-screen personality the fact that she's not afraid to speak her mind the fact that she stands up for herself and the fact that she just seems like a pretty badass person problem is on the silver screen she is boring and she is garbage she did some good movies. I liked Winter's Bone. She's done some good roles, but um, we haven't seen those in a while. Uh, this is her trying a little harder. She actually does an accent in this one. Wow, good for her. And um, that's it. That's the only good thing I can say. Uh, this film looks boring. It looks terrible. It looks like it's trying way too hard to be an, an artsier or at least a better version of an action film like A Walk Through the Tombstones or The Equalizer or John Wick, but without, you know, the good action. There are a million other actresses that could have been in this role instead of her, but they chose her because I guess they wanted her star power instead of a good actress. And it's a shame because this has good actors and actresses in it. I like a lot of them, but this was ruined by the fact that they picked the most overrated person in Hollywood. Jennifer Lawrence's only redeeming quality is that she seems like a pretty level-headed person and she doesn't take sh from people. Like that, that story recently about people getting all angry at that photo shoot she was in where she was in this kind of revealing fancy dress and all the men around her were in coats and she says, she's like, what? I had this dress. I'm going to look awesome. I don't care what they're wearing. Stop trying to make an issue out of this. That I liked. That I respected her for. And I respect her for a lot of her off-camera opinions. The trouble is, I have to look at this as a movie. So I can't let however I feel about her as a person affect how I feel about this movie. Because let's face it, Jennifer Lawrence can't act. Red Sparrow gets a 3 out of 11. And this could very well be a case of my dislike, my 100% dislike of an actress affecting the final score. but. When the main person, the lead actor, when that person is garbage, I'm sorry, the rest of the movie, no matter how interesting, no matter how original, no matter how anything, it's not going to be good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have two movies left and one pick of the week. And this one was easy. It really was, even though I want to see the next movie. But let's just get on with it. The next film that we're going to talk about is called Death Wish. A family man becomes a vigilante when his family is violently attacked by robbers. This stars Bruce Willis from Friends, Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil, Elizabeth Shue from Adventures in Babysitting, and Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. 
This is a movie from Eli Roth, and it wasn't until Anne brought something up that I looked into the movies he's directed, and he's he's kind of a sh** director. Like, like he, he doesn't do good movies. Like, the best I can say about him is that his co-directing of Inglorious Bastards was probably his best thing, and that Cabin Fever wasn't awful. That's really it. So the fact that I actually want to watch this movie surprises me, because he hasn't done anything that I've wanted to see. Like, ever. His acting is even sh**, except for Inglorious Bastards, again, which seems to be the caveat for his entire career. But there's something about this movie. It is a weird love child between The Foreigner and Die Hard. But what we have to be careful with is that it's Eli Roth. So I'm guessing the daughter who survives is probably going to get raped just because. And it's going to be overly violent. But for a movie with the title like Death Wish, we kind of expect that. So just from the trailer, I think that maybe this isn't going to be a batch insane, what the f weird kind of Eli Roth movie. From his history, it's going to get really weird. But again, I'm only going to base this off the trailer. So off the trailer, it looks like he's toned down a bit. Maybe he hasn't done as much cocaine before this. Okay, I don't know if he does cocaine, but from, from the looks of his movies, he does cocaine the entire time. And this is why Death Wish isn't my pick of the week. Okay, well, partly. The, the next movie, the actual pick of the week, I'm actually excited for. But even if I wasn't so excited for the next movie, it would still be the pick of the week because I don't trust Eli Roth. If I want to be uncomfortable and grossed out, I will trust Eli Roth. If I want to see something that makes no f***ing sense, I will trust Eli Roth. If I want to watch a good movie, I will not trust Eli Roth. And I said I want to see this movie. I said I'm excited for it, and I am probably going to eat my words. I bet you I will. But I still think this looks good based solely on the trailer. So let's get on with it. Let's get the score done, and we'll get on to the pick of the week. Death Wish gets a 7 out of 11. And for the last movie of the week, for Billiam's pick of the week, we have a movie I've talked about before. It got a limited release back in January. Oh, I'm sorry, not limited. It hit Sundance back in January, and now it's getting a bigger release. That movie is called The Vanishing of Sidney Hall. Sidney Hall is a young man who becomes a very popular author. Soon after the success of his first book, he disappears and is never heard from again. One day, five years later, a man decides to search for him and picks up the trail, learning what happened to the young man. This stars Logan Lerman from Percy Jackson, Ellie Fanning from Super 8, Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights, Michelle Monaghan from Gone Baby Gone, Nathan Lane from The Birdcage, Margaret Qualley from The Nice Guys, and Shiva herself, Janina Gavankar. That's right, you've heard about me talk about this movie before, and that I was really excited for it, and now it's finally coming out. It's getting a wider release. And we have this story that's half about this young man who writes a novel that actually people react violently to. There are book burnings, there are people talking about it on the news saying that this is a bad sign of the times, and this kid who's at the center of it all, who wrote this novel, who's proud of it, and now has to think of his next big idea, has an idea, but then somewhere along the line, somewhere when he's writing that new idea, just vanishes. And not in the kind of way, not vanishes in the way that he might have been murdered, but he, he is purposely trying to not be found. The trailer hints that he's known, Sidney Hall, since his disappearance, is known to walk into bookstores, gather copies of his book, 
and burn them. Maybe Sidney Hall went crazy. Maybe all of this drove him insane. So he just disappeared and he's just driven to erase any history of him, anything that proves that he ever existed. And then we have Kyle Chandler's character who is not who's not okay with that, who wants to find out what happened to this brilliant writer and who will stop at nothing. So we have Sidney Hall who doesn't want to be found. And we have Kyle Chandler, whose character is just called The Searcher, looking for this kid, or maybe an adult now. It's been five years since he was in high school. I'm assuming high school, either high school or, or college, still, you know, kid. And I'm intrigued. Color me really intrigued. I want to know what book he wrote. I want to know what it was about. Why did it spark so much controversy? Why did people react so poorly to it? And what in his life made him run like that? Made him want to disappear? And did he take Ellie Fanning with him? Because in the movie, he meets this young girl, Ellie Fanning, and they kind of have this thing. Does she go with him? Does she disappear as well? Or is she part of the reason he disappeared? There are all these things that I want answers to, and I will get those answers when I see this movie. This film looks really good, and I'm looking through the writers and director, looking for something like, like look, here's their pedigree. Here's what they've done before. It looks amazing. But the director and writer is Sean Christensen, who's done a movie called Cul-de-Sac and another movie called Before I Disappear. Movies that I've never seen, haven't even heard of. But I'm kind of excited that I don't know anything about this guy because thanks to the world of indie films being so big, we have a lot of these directors that a lot of people know nothing about because we're not in that circle. We don't know about all of these indie people who are big in that scene. So a movie may come out where they say, oh, this well-known director, all these movies screened at Sundance that were loved, and you and me will be going, who? Good, good for you. I don't know who you are, but maybe we should. And that's the thing. Even for me, someone who is into movies, someone who really likes movies, I still have a hard time finding some of these films because they'll hit Sundance, they'll be really good at Sundance or some other uh, cons or some other festival, but never make the never make it to theaters, never make a big release, something I won't just stumble upon on Netflix or Hulu, something I won't stumble upon in, I was going to say Blockbuster, but in, in Best Buy, and then it gets forgotten, at least by people like me. And... The fact that this movie is was put on my radar, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it was. I think this looks good. If you see a movie this week, I think this is going to be your best bet to see a good movie. Death Wish, like I said, Eli Roth is not a good director. And Red Sparrow, Jennifer Lawrence, not a good actress. No Malone looks terrible. And even like the best other movies, Dance Academy and Souvenir, eh, they're still just okay. This is the movie you should watch if you want to watch a new movie this week. Though, of course, if you haven't seen Black Panther, get off your dead ass and go see it because it was a f***ing phenomenal movie. But for the rest of us who have seen it, if you want to see a new movie, you make it The Vanishing of Sydney Hall. The Vanishing of Sydney Hall gets a 10 out of 11. All right, everyone, it is that time. It is time for the question of the week. And we actually got quite a few answers to this one because I actually remembered to tweet about it. Yay me, we came home with the big W. Let's start with the first person to answer, my mom. Okay, she actually didn't answer on Twitter. I, I saw her and asked her, and this is what she said. For favorite current actress, she said Meryl Streep. And of course, that's a really great answer. 
And for all time, she said Audrey Hepburn. Though she had a really hard time with this one. She kept on jumping back and forth between a lot of different people. But she she chose Audrey Hepburn in the end. The next answer we had was from Anne. She didn't answer on Twitter. She answered in person because she's here right behind me. She said current actress Rose Byne. Another good answer. And not just because we are together. I'm not just saying that to suck up. I actually agree. I like Rose Byne a lot. She she never disappoints me. The only movies of hers I didn't like was 28 Weeks Later. And still, she was good in it. She was in this great movie called This Is Where I Leave You from a few years back. And she was great in Neighbors. She's good in everything she does. But all time, she went with Nicole Kidman. And I know what some of you may be saying, Nicole Kidman still acts, but yes, not as much as Rose Byne does. Let's turn to the Twitters. Yes, the good old Twitters, where the one of the best friends of the show, Brian Q, the Barney Miller killer himself, said, well, he said a few things. First, he said, I'm a big fan of Barbie's work in Superstar, a Karen Carpenter story. And I admit, I, I had to Google this one. And this is a Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story is a short film, 45 minutes long, from 1988, starring Barbie, a Barbie doll. That's right. It was a story about anorexia and the cultural influence of the Carpenters in the 1970s. And it was told using Barbie dolls. As always, Brian Q, thank you for adding yet another movie to my list. He, he tweeted me earlier, or just a little while ago, about, let me see... The Passion of Joan of Arc, uh, a movie I've added to my list, and now I've added Superstar to my list. He goes on to say, classic actress other than Barbie, Ingrid Bergman and Audrey Hepburn, two great choices. Audrey Hepburn, everybody should know. The classic actress from Breakfast at Tiffany's, Ingrid Bergman, everyone should still know, but I would I would understand if pe people knew who Audrey Hepburn was, but not Ingrid Bergman, because the movies she's in were famous, but I think for a lot of people, especially people my age and younger, may not know all the names of the classic movies. Ingrid Bergman, Casablanca, Spellbound with Gregory Peck, For Whom the Bell Tolls with her and Gary Cooper, Ingrid Bergman, or Ingmar Bergman, depending on what country she was recording in or filming in, uh, it truly is a great answer. Let's go up the list to Snarf Chris, somewhat nerdy radio's very own Snarf Chris. My boss said Sandra Bullock for both. He says easy and then has a gif of Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, of course, as I've mentioned before on the show and everyone mentions every time it comes up, the only person to have won a Razzie for worst actor or actress and a Academy Award for Best Actor or Actress in the same year. If you remember, she won the Academy Award for The Blind Side, and she won the Razzie for All About Steve, a movie, a uh, comedy romance with Bradley Cooper and Thomas Hayden Church and uh, Ken Jeong. We also got an answer from Dan from the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Dan says Sigourney Weaver for both of them. And it's time for my answer. Yes, my answer is um not technically cheating because because if you've listened to the show before, you know, I tend to do this is I'll, I'll, I'll accept a loophole in my question to use myself and then applaud others if they too find that loophole. The only person this time around who used the loophole was Anne. And for me, I have to say my favorite actress of all time is Meryl Streep. She she is 
amazing. Everything she touches is gold. And I actually changed my answer as I as I was talking right now. I paused and just thought about it a bit. And my favorite current actress, I have to say, is is Emily Blunt. Because on that list, on my short list for best current actress were like Amy Adams, Rachel McAdams, Alicia Vikander, Viola Davis. But I have to say, Emily Blunt impresses me the most based on the fact that she has amazing versatility. She chooses good films, at least in my opinion. Not a lot of people liked Edge of Tomorrow. Not a lot of people liked Into the Woods. I liked them. And the fact that her being in a movie sometimes will be my deciding factor if I will try it. So that was it. That That's it for the answers we got. Let me, let me just double check both Twitter and SoundCloud to make sure we didn't get anything new. So there's nothing on Twitter. And looking up a SoundCloud... Doesn't look like it. Oh, Frat Matt. Frat Matt answered. He says, Audrey Hepburn and Natalie Wood, uh, I'm guessing for all time. And as we can see, Audrey Hepburn, like Audrey Hepburn and Meryl Streep were the two most named. Of course, we only had a few answers, more than usual, so thank you all for answering. But the most repeated answers were Audrey Hepburn and Meryl Streep. Natalie Wood, of course, great actress. Natalie Wood, of course, Rebel Without a Cause, West Side Story. And then for current actress, he says Scarlett Johansson. So I have challenged myself. I'm going to say three good things about Scarlett Johansson to prove that I can. Here we go. My three favorite movies she's in and the time she's really impressed me. Lost in Translation, A Love Song for Bobby Long, and The Other Bolin Girl. See, I can do it. I can be civil. It's possible. Here on Future Flicks, people, everything is possible. Well, it is time to talk about the next question of the week. And usually I'm somehow... Somehow inspired by all the movies that come out during the week for a question, but this week nothing jumped out at me. So this week the one I came up with was just off the top of my head, and to help me with it, I have a special guest. My cat Charlie is here. Say hi. Say hi. Okay, there we go. Just in case you didn't hear it, he meowed. That was his first time on a podcast, and you guessed it. The theme for this week's question of the week is animal movies. So I want to know what your favorite animal movie is. And a couple rules, it has to be fictional, so no documentaries. But it can be anything from All Dogs Go to Heaven. It could be one of the Benji movies, Milo and Otis, Lassie, Homeward Bound, The Aristocats. Keanu kind of counts... But the cat wasn't really a main character. The cat was just a main part of the plot. So basically any movie where an animal is a main character or a huge part of the plot. So yes, let me repeat the question one more time. What is your favorite animal movie? Well, let's wrap this up with the final bit of housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. A lot of you have done it already, and I appreciate it. I would love to see that number grow. Also, leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. And share the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends going, hey, you, friend. Here's a great podcast you should listen to. In fact, here's a great network you should listen to. And then how do you reach me? How do you answer the question of the week? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And let's not forget about the gram, which I'm going to try to be better about. Instagram, 
Billiam SWN there as well. Be sure to check out the other shows in the Somewhat Nerdy podcast sphere. That's Somewhat Nerdy Radio, the flagship show of the network, and Nerds of the Squared Circle, the best damn wrestling podcast I have ever listened to, and I've honestly listened to quite a few. And don't forget the friends of the show, the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and don't forget to keep an ear out for my new new promo. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.